everyone. Welcome back to the Namaste podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul, discovering connections between spirituality, mindset, and wealth. I'm Melissa Malati, aka That Alchemist Girl, and I hope that you're having the most magical day of your life so far. It is extremely rainy here in Toronto today, so you may hear the rain in the background, which is kind of soothing. So thank you, universe, mother nature, whomever makes the rain, the government. (laughs) Okay, Uh, if you haven't heard that conspiracy theory, that one always makes me laugh. But anyways, I am very, very excited to jump into this episode today. It has been a long time coming. I am just truly so excited to share this conversation with you all. Now, you all know the great John Gray. Well, he came back on Namaste at the end of 2020. And as a lot of you know, I went on a bit of a break last year for 2021. And so I never ended up sharing the episode. I really felt that I wanted to share this episode when I was ready to come back strong and to give the podcast my all. And at the time, a lot of personal things were happening and I wasn't able to give my all to it. And so I took a bit of a break and now I'm back and I'm finally sharing this episode. It's quite the episode. We hit so many interesting talking points, such as how both males and females can work on expressing what we need and different tips that will get us the desired result that we're looking for. Why men and women classically end relationships. How important it is to make yourself happy first before you can make another person happy. How to know when your testosterone or estrogen levels may need balancing, and so much more. I'm extremely excited to share this episode with you all. So, without further ado, here is my episode with John Gray. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Namaste podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul, discovering connections between spirituality, mindset, and wealth. Today on the show, I have an extremely special guest, someone that I have admired for many years, and he's coming back on the show. You guys heard him last year, and he's back. It's the very awesome John Gray. Welcome back. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, man, that episode, I'm going to have to say, struck a lot of chords with a lot of people and even myself listening to it back a few times and just relearning some of the ideas in your books. And every so often I have I have them in physical copy, but I also have uh, them in audiobook form because you're actually a really great audiobook reader. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> uh, they told me I beat all records in terms of how fast I can do it. Ah. And I, tell them I, I can do it like twice as fast as they've ever seen. And I say that's because every word is my word. There's no edit. Nobody edited my books. They, they edit by, by saying to me, uh, this is not clear. Or why would you say that? Can't you clarify this? But every word is me. Wow. And so you actually get me when you read that book. A lot of books, you get an editor saying stuff and rewriting stuff. And so you don't actually get the person. And that makes also, sense. And also in my books, there's no references to anybody else. It's all just me. <laughs> so, yeah, and your ideas. Wow. Yeah, my ideas, what I've come up with. And, 
And at the time when I wrote that book, they were actually quite counter uh, culture. And for some people, they're still counterculture. Totally. But at the time, uh, there was this was the 90s when that book came out. I started teaching those ideas in the 80s. And, you know, the big songs in the 80s were he doesn't bring me flowers anymore. You know, women were still wanting romance. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, then came along the 90s where that book came out, which is women were wanting communication. They sort of gave up on romance and now it was communication. And now we move into beyond the 90s as it moved into there. Uh, it's more about we need men to do housework. We're busy and we're tired. Right. And un unfortunately, that's a hard thing to get men to do housework if you don't feel, uh, you know, he doesn't have training in that. See, it's not like men aren't willing to do it. It's that we're trained by uh, our culture that in order to get love, you got to do big stuff. Like when I'm driving my Bentley, women look the other way. They look, you know, they go, who's in that <laughs> car? You know, can I sit in your car kind of a thing? <laughs> Power turns women on without a doubt for most women. And, and so for men, they know if I want a woman to love me, I need to do big things. Totally. And washing dishes and vacuuming the floor and doing the laundry is not a high paying job. So we have massive amount of conditioning that doesn't stimulate the right hormones to give us energy. Because men need mm -hmm. to have, men have that, see there's a success hormone called testosterone. Whenever you feel powerful, successful, you're contributing, you're selfless, you're disciplined, that, that, those types of mindsets and behaviors that follow it, which is I'm doing this for you, okay? Mm -hmm. It's like men, classically, they say, you know, the number one reason they end relationships is because they say, I can't make her happy. Women don't say that. Yeah, I can't make him happy. She says, he doesn't make me happy. <laughs> it's a total, total different thing. Totally. And, and that's because hormonally, we're so different. And that's the testosterone mm -hmm. hormone for men, which is so important for men to be able to generate and for women, the female hormones for them to generate. So we need different skills to provide that extra support for our partners. If we don't understand the differences, we're not motivated to, we, we don't know what to do. And even what to do it, it's, 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 it's literally uh, counterproductive if we don't understand the opposite sex. So back to that little problem I mentioned, if you want a man to, to have more energy to do the little things around the house and be motivated to do it, you first have to start with where, he's, where he lost his masculinity. And that's where he stopped being romantic because he didn't know how to be romantic. And women didn't know how to ask him to be romantic because women think he just should do it. And right. you gotta, men don't know what this is about. And so then, so that's a big testosterone producer in men when he can romance you and you respond like you're in heaven and you have a great orgasm and all that, which good romance will lead to. That bumps a man's testosterone big time. Then once, once that went away, he doesn't bring me any flowers. Then suddenly we got Men From Mars comes out, which is the ultimate how to improve communication book. And people that learned communication at that time did have better relationships. Not everybody read that book. But, but if you don't have good communication, then you don't have a way as a woman to empower the man. And again, this is women having to learn if they want to change their relationships, how to share feelings without blame or criticism. Totally. And men have to learn how to ask questions and show interest to help her go deeper into her feelings. Not women going deeper into men's feelings. It's men learning how to go deeper into women's feelings. Often women, mm -hmm. when they're on their male side, they kind of go, I want to know what he's feeling. Actually, that's because you're feeling insecure. You need to share what's inside of you and then he can give you the reassurance you're looking for. 
then once he's feeling successful romantically and good communication is lowering her stress levels, then you can ask a man to do housework and he's really happy to do it and he does it quite well. Uh, but he needs to know <laughs> that it's making you happy. And if you're burnt out working all day and you're also cooking and cleaning and you want help cooking and cleaning, he wants you to be able to say, oh, honey, thanks so much for helping out. Well, you're gonna feel without this knowledge, why should I thank you? I'm doing it too. Right. See, so much confusion happens when we don't understand what men need most and what women need most. And women, if you just hear one side of it, they go, why does he get everything? Well, first of all, he doesn't get everything. There's a whole lesson for men in those books too. But second, here's the, here's the rub. The things I ask women to do is actually how to love, how to love. And when they first hear it, they feel exhausted. Why should I do all that? Because that's called being loving. But because they've done so much of the stuff that doesn't work, they're exhausted. Because women put a lot more into relationship than men do, without a doubt. And I'm not getting a generalization there, but it's so true. Wow. Women think about it. They, they, they try this. They try this. But what they're trying is all the wrong things. Mm. And men, on the other hand, they try hard, but in a different way. They think, if I just make more money, then she'll feel loved. Yes. That's what he's focused on. So to say right. men aren't caring about relationships is a mistake because in the bookstore, you've got men are from Mars. All these women are going and buying that book and other relationship books. Men are over in the finance section, how to use the stock market, how to make more money, how to market myself. But why are they doing that? The main reason they're doing it is so they'll have a woman who will love them so they can provide for their family because their basic goal always for men is how can I contribute to her happiness? And when he gives up, when, it, when she's not happy, he gives up. His testosterone goes down and becomes somebody else. And she, when he doesn't know the skills to help her find her happiness, and she's responsible for happiness, but we can help her find her happiness, then she can feel her fulfillment, which always makes a man's fulfillment increase too. So, you know, we're, we can learn to do this, but we need to understand how men and women are different to touch those right points to bring out the best in them. This episode of the Namaste podcast is sponsored by the Audible app. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash namaste and redeem your free audiobook with the 30-day trial. I'm a huge fan of Audible. I have probably 70 audiobooks at this point. I've been a fan since pretty much the beginning. I'm thinking probably 2014 and on. <laughs> So to say I'm a fan would probably be a little bit of an understatement. I love it so much and I just feel that anyone that loves being read to should check it out. It's also just a good way to get you technically reading books. I mean, you're not reading it, but someone's reading it to you and can you imagine the amount of stories that you are missing in this world if you don't read? And so this is a good <laughs> option. Not that I'm trying to make you feel FOMO when it comes to books, but man, I love books and I would hate for all of you to miss some of the great ones like, I don't know, um, John Gray's Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, one of my personal faves, or Louise Hay's You Can Heal Your Life. Or 1984 by George Orwell. 
kind of a must read <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> Anyways, head on over to audibletrial.com slash namaste and redeem your free audiobook with the 30-day trial. Right. I actually remember you talking about this in Beyond Mars and Venus, your book. Yeah, and yeah, I have it with me here, actually. And so I I actually had a question around that. So, okay. So with everything that's happening in the world, and a lot of people are finding that they're, let's just say, let's take clinical depression, for example. So what would you say to, you know, so say there is a couple and the woman is very depressed. And as we know, guys tend to be lifted by making a woman happy. And if he's seeing her on a day-to-day basis, being severely depressed, and he's sort of taking, you know, ownership over that and feeling like he's responsible for that. Um, what would you say to that couple? How, how would, yeah, I, I guess how would very, very hard. Yeah, it's just hard for a woman as well if a man is depressed because it's not like she cares that much about his feelings, but she sees that she's hopeless to get what she needs. Okay, because she's oh. gonna go, you know, I'm tired of taking care of him, he doesn't do anything. In the beginning, she will have some empathy, my poor husband, but then she will be very, very resentful. Whereas mm. the man, he doesn't feel the resentment so much. What he'll do when she's depressed is feel like his energy will just start dropping. He'll, he'll stop caring. That's what happens. See what happens to men when they're not feeling successful is they stop caring. Mm. It's like, if I went to a job, they didn't pay me, but that's the only job I had. I'd be like a zombie going to work. Okay. I, why should I even bother? I don't get paid enough. Okay. Women on the other hand, they feel I can't trust. That's the female hormones. When you feel I can't get what I need, you go into, well, then I don't trust him. Then what happens is you go into second gear, which is then I have to do it myself. And then your testosterone goes up and your estrogen goes down. So you can do it yourself. Maybe in the beginning, you're proud you can do it yourself, but you're stressed out and you're resentful that you have to do it yourself, even though you took it on yourself. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right. So, so what do you do if your partner's depressed? Well, first of all, I will give some behavioral insights to take it away. I don't see depression as a big problem most of the time, mm -hmm. simply because it's the result of feeling stressed. Okay. When, when we have stress and we can't resolve it, it could be the, you know, I have to take a moment to pause and update you on my situation. Two years ago, my wife died. Right. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm in my teaching mode right now, but I'm still mm -hmm. sort of on the other end of grieving. I of could, um, you know, for two years, after a year, I felt I was broken. I didn't do any videos. I didn't do any writing. I mean, I was very, very wounded by that because it, it's a, it's a massive, massive problem. So depression is a normal thing to have when you have a big, big problem. Sure. So if you have a big, big problem, depression is a part of the healing aspect of this, right. but it shouldn't be permanent. But what happens is that when you're, when you're, uh, when you're stressed due to depression, depression is a major cortisol producer, even though you're not going, ah, actually you're stressed because you're, you're, you're feeling there's nothing I can do or I can't trust. That causes hormones, stress hormones to get produced. Now at that time, you're depleting your brain of very vital minerals that help you cope with stress. Hmm. So I'm just gonna say this is a basic thing. Then if you do the right processes to come back into balance and heal the wounds, like for me right now, I could pretty easily shift gears and go into tears over missing my wife, but I don't feel any pain anymore. 
oh, it was like a knife in my heart for the first year, just couldn't sleep and everything. It was horrible. You know, she's just a 34 year old soulmate relationship. She was just wow. John and Bonnie, you know, we we're one. And so that's ripped out of me. And so you feel the pain and always pain is when we're, we're believing a lie. So the belief that was the inside of anybody when you lose somebody so important to you is I can't have them. And really mm -hmm. it's not about, I can't have them. I can't have love because Freud pointing this out is that when you attach to somebody, you bond to someone, and this can even be bonding to a dream that you have, you know, a goal that you want to set, you know, you imagine you're going to have it. I can have, I can have, I can have, that's the foundation of happiness. Like right now, so many women are shopping online. It gives them some relief because I can have, I can have that, I can have that, I can have that. You know, for men, it's more like I can do, look what I can do. But for women to produce the female hormones, it's I can have what I need. So to be able to go to Amazon or wherever you're going to go and immediately next day it comes, that's comforting, okay? It it's totally not, is. <laughs> it, totally, it totally is. And it, 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 there, there is a deeper way to get there, but that on the surface, that's a really good good tool. So, so the, the, the Freud pointed out, and this is a really good thing. Most people don't know about the foundation of psychology. Not that I agree with everything Freud said, but he's a bright guy. And <laughs> he said that when you need love, we all need love. Okay. There is a key foundation, whether you're aware of it or not. Love is so, so important for our well-being. Now, if we need love and somebody comes along and gives us love and we believe we can get our love from them the brain becomes attached, it starts to bond. And then it starts to say, I don't need love, I need you. Ah, interesting. So it's literally like a, a, the need for love. And this bonding is more significant in our modern age than in previous generations because love was not so important in the past as it is now. Because hmm. when you live in a civilized world where you alone as a woman or I alone as a man can provide for my survival and my security. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can do that all by myself. And also I can go out and get sex. That's another basic need. And women can go out and have friends and support and community. You know, they can do that. So you can have all the things that primitive people really depended on each other for. Mm -hmm. Now we shift gears to a higher need and the higher need is Maslow talked about this. Yeah. The hierarchy of needs. I know. About this. So the lower yeah. needs get met and it's not just that they're getting met. It's that I can meet them myself. Right. See, women couldn't meet these needs themselves until the 60s. Hmm. And that's when divorce started. In 1969, divorce went from like five, 3% or 5% to, to uh, 50%. And one day, and one day, you know what that day was? Eventually something happened in our Congress where they passed a law which said no fault divorce. That means you could get a divorce without having to go before a judge and air all your negative laundry. Oh, interesting. Man or woman decide whether you could get a divorce or not. Is that crazy or what? That's, That's how it used to be. You couldn't just get a divorce. You well, of course, you wouldn't do, want to do that because then your, you know, your friends and whatever would know about all your dirty laundry. That's, right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And 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 I, here's a story, which is I was in Bali, and in Bali, it's more of a, a ancient civilization. They had these little units you know, of, of, of communities. They're all like structured, like units of community. Outside, there's a poster. Are you using birth control? How many children are there? How many residents are staying here? Everything is transparent, kind of like Facebook on the front of your, uh, <laughs> the front of your little community. <laughs> then every community has a community uh, sharing place and the divorce is practically zero there. 
Because if you have a problem with your spouse, <laughs> first of all, the solution usually, because the wife lives with the man, she always moves in with the man and his mother is there. So the problems are not between the husband and wife, they're well, between the new wife and the mother. Of course. <laughs> and, and, their, and their therapist, the practicality, the solution to it is you would make, you would build another kitchen because the women were cooking, that was their thing. And no wife wants to have grandma telling her, the mother of the husband telling her what to do in the kitchen. I mean, this is sort of a glimpse into the old world, but <laughs> you, would, you would never get a divorce though. And certainly they didn't have passionate romance and great sex like I'm talking about we can have, which I have. The, you, 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 if you wanted a divorce, you'd have to go to the community area, this concrete slab where everybody, all the hundred families would all come together and they would have to vote whether you could get a divorce or not. <laughs> Whoa. And, and okay. they would give you all their advice and you'd have to follow their <laughs> advice. I mean, this is like a different world. And so later on, then we get to where a judge has to tell you what to do. And now you can do it yourself. Thank goodness. Okay. Wow. So... <laughs> So I, I, I'm talking about how we heal the heart and whatever. I don't know how I got off of that. I gave a big talk. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, we, we started off talking about um, women being depressed and-, and Oh, depression. That's yeah. a big subject. Okay, so yeah. you're in a relationship. <laughs> depression keeps you from growing and experiencing what most people want today in the modern world as experience of attraction. They want to still feel an aliveness and attraction in the relationship, which- does show up in the bedroom. It shows up in communication, means I'm interested in what you're feeling. It shows up in planning dates. I have the energy to plan dates for you, not you planning for me, I'm planning for you. Why? Because you're the woman. See, this is, this is when I plan a date for you, your estrogen goes up and that lowers your stress. If you totally. plan the date for me, because you have this sort of idea sex doesn't exist, gender differences don't exist. Now you're planning a date for me, my female hormones go up and your male hormones go up. So women today need more femininity. They're losing it. Oh my God. And men are losing their masculinity. And you can measure this by hormones. Oh men yeah. Today, their hormones go down. They're so much lower. There's 21 year olds, men who have, you know, very low testosterone. They're impotent. They can't even get it up with their wife or girlfriend. Mm -hmm. They can get it up with a stranger. And that's if you have low testosterone, you need to have a stranger. You, it's so, it's so paradoxical. Of course, women, they need to have intimacy to feel to feel arousal and so forth. Men don't. The less intimate it is, if you have low self-esteem, low testosterone, then the only way you can get it up is with a stranger online. That actually uh, makes a lot of sense uh, as to why like porn is so big for males and also just people that I know that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. and, and men don't know that using porn, use it's not just looking at porn, by the way, that's not such a bad thing. It's, it's having sex with porn, okay? Right. It's when you ejaculate to a stranger, it actually stimulates more dopamine than having sex with your wife or a real woman. Now, what that means when it produces more dopamine, dopamine is the brain chemical of cocaine. Mm. So everybody understands cocaine. You take it and then suddenly you're addicted to it because after you take cocaine, life is worse than it was before. Right. This is the brain compensates to high stimulation by closing down. So one shot of cocaine, you lose 30% of your capacity to enjoy life. Now that, that can come back, but you have to go through withdrawals. The withdrawals is suddenly you have, you have to endure life being less 30% less fulfilling than it was. And usually I took the cocaine because my life wasn't fulfilling anyway. Then now you're lower than you were before. 
So the only way you can feel relief from the despair and the unhappiness that you feel after you've just lost your ability to be happy, biologically, you've lost it. Your brain cells have closed up to dopamine. This is proven. So now I need to have that high dopamine just to feel alive and good. And eventually more and more cells go down if it goes on for a long time. So you have to go through withdrawal symptoms of low stimulation and not seek out the high stimulation. So men are addicted to that. Once they start doing porn, having sex online, they're addicted to the high stimulation. A real situation gives them nothing. Hmm. And so passion goes away. That's so really depression. Let me just finish on depression. Okay. Let me, I, I, there's so much I'm supposed to say, but on depression, you, you got to take responsibility for your depression. And what I was trying to get to, and there's so much behavioral stuff, you have to do the behavioral stuff we'll get to, but I just want to throw in into this conversation because at my website, I also teach people about supplements. And if you basically have been depressed, you're missing the nutrients to restore brain balance. Because Mm. when you're under stress, you burn out these nutrients faster and your digestion is shut down. You can't digest food efficiently when you're stressed. That's the first thing that goes. And second is the brain trying to deal with all that stress to find balance, it depletes itself of nutrients. And the nutrients, the most important nutrient is lithium orotate. Lithium orotate is the cheapest supplement you can buy and nobody knows about it because it's a, the, the pharmaceutical industry, basically nobody would need Prozac and any of these antidepressants at all, which cost, which have a 5,000 times markup for them. Right. All those antidepressants are not even close to what I have seen. This is my opinion and my experience because there's not big research studies and what I'm saying, because there's absolutely no money in it. It's a $9 supplement. It's a, that's it for two months supply. Wow. It's no, you can't, you can't, you can't do research and you're not going to market it because there's no money in it. It's lithium orotate and you right. start doing the right doses of lithium orotate, low doses. There's no possibility of a side effect. And what they'll do online, if you do a search for lithium, you'll see, oh, dangerous. Don't take it. Your doctor has to prescribe it because they're talking about lithium carbonate. They're not talking about lithium orotate. And occasionally I'll see where they say lithium orotate is toxic only if you take the doses that doctors recommend when you have oh. bipolar disease or depression. The, doc, the, 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 the doctors recommend 50 to 500 times the dose that I'm suggesting on my website. And people can go there, they can download my wellness guide and you can see the supplements that will within weeks, if you do the behaviors we're gonna talk about now, then your brain will be coming back into balance. You see nutrients, mm-hmm. is just the building blocks of health but it's what we think, the quality of our relationships that actually either uses those nutrients or doesn't use or uses them up uh, and depletes us of them. So it's like, if I wanna build a house, I gotta still build the house, but I still need the lumber. Okay, so you you could do all the things we recommend we're gonna talk about today and it won't work because you need to have more of the nutrients. And also there's another thing in the wellness solution you'll see is pre-digested proteins. See, proteins break down and become amino acids, which then produce dopamine and serotonin, which you're deficient in when you're depressed. Now, men are more deficient in dopamine, women are more deficient in serotonin. And what I explain in my wellness guide, and you know, it's a big description, which we don't have time to talk about, but if they download for free my 400 page wellness guide online, 
go into one of the chapter on depression, click on it, and I'll give you the suggestions and there's videos to explain it. So that's for that. Awesome. And so you need to have that. But what I tell people is, uh, you know, some people are depressed and they're rich and they're famous and they have everything anybody could imagine would make you happy and they're depressed. Why? Why? Because being rich and famous is very exciting. Yeah. That just like danger produces depletion of these minerals in the brain and inhibits digestion, so does extreme excitement and thrilling and happiness. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of women just being married, get, get married, and they become depressed because they have so much anticipation. Now, finally, I'll be loved. Now, finally, everything will be great. Reality sets in, then you can say, well, he's not as good as I thought he was. But actually what's causing that feeling is that her, she was basically on drugs. The dopamine was being so high. I'm going to get married. I got my outfit. Everybody's there and I feel so good. And I feel so happy. Anytime you get these highs, whether they're a high negative or a high positive, you're going to deplete yourself of these nutrients and then you crash. Mm. And so this is so important that people understand the importance of lithium, the cheapest lithium orotate. But there's a way you have to take it, the right doses that are non-toxic. So you can read about that in my wellness book. And also there's a few other minerals that you can add to it to make it work better. And so I explain all that and it works. You don't need antidepressants. I've been talking about this for 22 years and I've seen it change people's lives over and over. And nobody that I know of actually says, take this. There's a, now it's becoming a bit more popular since I popularized it for 22 years. But it was now nobody knew about it when I began. And even now they keep, they keep, they used to put me on, on, well, whatever. That's a big story on that. Let's come back to our relationships. So that's the first thing. Give yourself the actual nutrition to step out of your depression, then do your behaviors. Now, when women are depressed, it's because they feel I can't get what I need. Right. So how do you get what you need? You have to realize that you became, if what you became depressed about is your partner, and usually it goes that direction. If it's your partner that depresses you, that is wrong thinking. You have to correct yourself with wrong thinking. You have to realize, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I'm giving my body the wrong message. It's not his fault. And I would do the same for men. It's not her fault. It's your fault. You have to deal with your stuff. You have to really get clear. My happiness is not dependent on my partner my increased happiness is. So basically when I look at my wife, I go that, you know, I'm not responsible for her happiness. Okay. That's her job. And that helped me a lot because sometimes she'd go up and down like every woman does. And I didn't get upset about it because I know my job is not to make her happy. And her job is not to make me happy. Right. That's our job in a relationship in life. That's called being a grown up. You're not ready for a relationship till you can make yourself happy. Then you can learn how to help somebody else be happy. And my job is really how to make her happier. And when she's not happy, how to not make her more unhappy. Because <laughs> that's what we men do. We try to, you know, a woman could be depressed. Why are you worried? Why are you upset? You've got this. So many women have this. You shouldn't feel that way. And so this is, this is the remedy when some catastrophic thing didn't just happen in your life. Now, like I was massively depressed when I lost my wife appropriate when there's a catastrophic thing, you need to take time to explore your feelings. Right. And it takes time. It takes less time if your life is kind of wonderful and then you kind of go, is that all there is? See, that's, a, a, that's existential reality. 
the people that have the most are the most depressed people. So you'll see famous, successful people, rich people, they get divorced, they're unhappy, they're dissatisfied when they've got so much. And they go into rehab. If you're a movie star with all that money, you're not even a real movie star until you're in rehab because you're a drug addict. And how many times <laughs> do you go back to it? And right. of course, you're a drug addict because you were so unhappy. And why people who don't have money and success, they go, why so unhappy? But the same thing is if you're depressed, you're unhappy, you've got to process your emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's that you, it won't work to process your emotions until you get very clear. I'm responsible for being happy, not my partner. That's right. the most important thing. And right now with COVID, people are so upset with each other and they're so mad at each other and they get in these awful arguments and fights and they have to back off and stop looking to your partner to make you happy. Yeah. Because if you look to your partner to make you happy, when you're not happy, you're gonna become more unhappy because they can't make you happy. Men can only make women happier. Women can only make men happier. And caveat, the way you make a man happier is allow him to make you happier. That's the right. main thing about men. I cannot be happier unless I have done something that helps my wife become happier. But not my job isn't to make her happy. Because you know, you mentioned this how men take that responsibility. And we do. If I take her to the movies and she's happy, yeah, I feel like I wrote that movie. You know, I directed it. That's my movie. I take full credit for it. <laughs> That's because it made her happier. But then men go, okay, I'm responsible for her happiness because you see, oh, that feels so good. I take credit for her being happy. But the problem is then when she's unhappy, we take credit for that. We're not responsible for that. Now, certainly sometimes we might've made it worse and we can take responsibility for that, mm -hmm. but it's not our job to make it better. And just see how this frees a man because just think about if I my job, you know, I pride myself in my job and let's say my job is a plumber. And I come into the house and a woman I'm working for, she says, you know, look at my roof, the paint, there's leaks in my roof and the, the paint is flecked is coming off the walls. And I go, yeah, that's a bummer. That's not my job. So I don't take it personally. I don't react to it because I know, hey, you got a crummy painter. You got a crummy roof guy. You know, it's not my job. Right. Give me that. Give me the, the plumbing job. I'll do that. Okay. So that's my job. We have to know what our job is and women. Oh my gosh. Your job is not to make men happy. Your job is to make yourself happy. So you're depressed. You got to stop looking to him as the source of your unhappiness, then shift gears to what can I do to be happy? That's the second step. What can you do to be happy? You have to recognize men and women are hormonal beings. Bottom line. If your hormones are out of balance, you feel unhappy. Whenever women are, are happy, there's a certain hormonal balance and it changes every day of the month. <laughs> so, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do I know? <laughs> so that, that cycle goes from your period. If you're still cycling, it goes from your period to the next five days. You need more of a balance of estrogen and testosterone. Mm -hmm. Then after the next five days towards ovulation, your testosterone goes down, your estrogen skyrockets, and you need to have 20 times more estrogen than a man would have 20 mm. times more. And what wow. estrogen is, is the part of you that goes, I need help and I can get it. I need help comes up. If you don't get help, then you're stressed out during that time. If you feel I can get help, then you're not stressed out. You start building up enough estrogen to have orgasms. But right. you know, half the women in America can't have an orgasm. Why? Because they can't get in touch with their estrogen production and they're depressed as a result. Right. Women and you, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you have mentioned many times that women do struggle with 
asking for what they want as well. Right. Yes. And, and yes. I totally resonated with that. And I, and that like deep sense of feeling unworthy. And that's why we, we have a hard time with that. So certainly I could see that causing more problems if we're not asking for what we want. Right. That's exactly right. And you're a very enlightened woman to even admit that you have feelings of unworthiness. Yeah. This is most, most women, they get mad and say, I deserve more as opposed to, you know, I want more, but I feel I have a block to receiving more, which is feeling unworthy. So I don't mm-hmm. ask for help. That's a very transparent thing you just shared, which other women should listen to what you just said. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a technique right now. I don't want to miss the opportunity to share this, which is this is what women can do to learn to ask. Although in Men Are From Mars, I would reread that chapter. Wait, I know. I know what it is. Can I tell you? Go ahead. Go it's ahead. the simple, just changing a w- around the words and saying, would you? And I know that this works because I put it into practice. And so <laughs> if you can, if you can, instead of asking, like, can you go take the trash out? Say, would you take the trash out? It makes all the difference. And I can't say that I specifically remember as to why it makes all the difference. Maybe you can explain that. But for some reason, men respond to that better. So... <laughs> They sure do for some bizarre reason. I remember talking on the Oprah show about this and Oprah said, oh, John, that's just semantics. And I said, okay, let me give you an example you can relate to Oprah. Imagine I'm, I wanna marry you and we're in a wonderful relationship and I kneel before you and I said, Oprah, could you marry me? <laughs> romantic thing I could say. It's, would you marry me? Right. See, then you're being vulnerable. See, it's being oh. vulnerable in that moment. And that man who's kneeling before you, he's being vulnerable and courageous to be that vulnerable. He wants to pledge his life to you and he's being vulnerable about it, which means in that moment, there's this wonderful balance of masculinity and femininity in him. Ah, It's vulnerability. Got it. That's what men are seeking and women, receptivity, openness. Because if you're not receptive, then you're not gonna appreciate him. If you're Mm -hmm. like, I can do it myself, I don't need you. There's nothing in it for me. See, men need to feel that they can provide for you. Men need to feel needed. And you know, when I say that many women go, well, I need to feel needed. I need to feel needed. And I say, you're out of balance. You're out of balance. That's your male side dominating your consciousness. And there's nothing wrong with feeling needed. You can feel needed when you have children or you have a pet or you have a garden and that's fine. But don't project that onto a man. It's your insecurity that puts you into, is feeling that, only way I can be worthy of his love is I need to feel needed. Hmm. Okay. If he needs me and I do this for him, then you feel like, Oh, I feel worthy of love. Just like I do need to be needed. I'm a man that's testosterone production. If you need me, then you'll pay me more. If you don't need my help, I'm out of work. Right. So when you feel that I need to be needed, you're on your male side. And so you need to find, if you have that, that's okay. That's your male side, find places where you can, where you can provide what other people need, but not your husband or boyfriend. Right. Yeah, that, will sa- that will actually weaken him. Because when you feel I'm helping him, I'm gonna help him, his testosterone goes down. When you stop trying mm-hmm. to help men in any way other than help him help you. And the way you do that is by being vulnerable, by being receptive. And you touched on one of the ideas in Men Are From Mars, which is, be vulnerable when you ask. And I'd say there's 15 others. Yeah. And in that chapter, there's a lot of details. I think a woman could read that every week and keep saying, oh, I missed that. And I missed that. Then read Beyond Mars and Venus, and you'll find another little simple thing to teach here about asking for help. And that okay. is, okay. So 
and I have to give an example where you see how it worked. All right, so married 34 years to my wife and up to many, many years, I used to walk through the house and leave the lights on and that annoyed her and annoyed her more <laughs> and more because she said, she'd say to me, John, you left the light on again. You left the light. And then she would give me that kind of a stare, which is <laughs> the death stare. Like, are you going to remember? And what you have to know, women, that's the worst way to let him know what you want because the Greeks all figured that out. That was called Medusa. Okay. Medusa oh. is, <laughs> she doesn't like men. <laughs> if, if you actually looked in her eyes, you turn to stone. Right. That's the story. And that's the case, women, you need to know if you're upset with him, don't look in his eyes. If you want to ask him to do something, look somewhere else, not into his eyes. Because usually when you're asking, you're coming from a place of you didn't do it. You didn't do it. I don't know right. for sure you will do it. It's all tone of voice and you can't hide tone of voice and you really can't hide it in your eyes. So, but you can do things to help compensate if you do have resentments, he's not doing enough. I want him to do more. So to know that the first thing is when all your complaints are actually requests, every complaint you have is actually a request. So you have to become clear about what your requests are and then you have to measure them. How much more of a leap would it be for him to do that, okay? So, you know, some things he's just, you know, he doesn't like doing, he's not going to do. So put that on the shelf. You have to train him to experience doing things for you gets big rewards. Because remember, right. making money gets big rewards. But, you know, cleaning the house, turning out the light is nothing to me. It's nothing to me. And I say, what's the big deal? She says, well, the electric bill, you know, we're using, she's an environmentalist. We're using up, you know, uh, resources. And I say, no, honey, we use we use solar. Solar does our lights. And she said, yeah, but it's still expensive because we use a company that does solar. It's still expensive. And I said, honey, I can afford it. I work hard so I don't have to turn out lights. Well, that didn't change anything. And so I've learned <laughs> not to try to make her wrong for these things. I went through all of that. But the reality is she was making me wrong for leaving the lights on. And then she figured out how to ask me to do it. And they caused me to change so many things. I've seen how she got me to change. Wow. So what, it, what did she do? One day there was a change because she used to just come into the room. You did it again. You left the lights on. Do you expect me to turn them out every time? I said, no, honey, you can just leave them on. I don't want to leave them on. <laughs> so we get these little arguments. And you know, <laughs> this is what kills relationships. It's not the big stuff. The little stuff leads to the big stuff. It's, you know, you drank the last part of the orange juice. You stepped on my plant. You left your socks on the floor. You didn't, didn't take the trash the out. You didn't take the <laughs> trash out. You know, all these, these little things builds up this resentment. And what happens for women is when they feel that, when they feel powerless to, to be heard and to get a response, what happens, they stop asking for what they want because they believe he doesn't care. Right. He's not going to hear me. He doesn't care. So now you're giving yourself a lie, which is, what do you mean he doesn't care? This is the guy who gives his life for you. This is the guy who goes out work as best he can to provide for you. This is the guy that will give up his life for you if you're in danger. No hesitation. That's the guy who knelt before you. That's masculinity. We go off into war. We take the dirty, dangerous, difficult jobs mm -hmm. if it pays and it has mm -hmm. to pay more than we're dirty, difficult, and dangerous on one level it will pay more, but it also sometimes pays in personal pride. Like we call our soldiers heroes, heroes. Hmm. This is masculinity. It needs to be called a hero. Now, a woman who says, I want to be called a hero too. Well, okay, you can be called a hero too, but it's not going to build your estrogen and progesterone. Hmm. <laughs> it's just going to make you more testosterone. <laughs> so this is like, we have, to, we have to switch back. It doesn't mean you have to be stuck over in your female side if you're a woman. 
You just have to balance your male side if you're a woman. And so back to asking for what you want, because you talked about this thing. Women have no training and how to ask for help. Okay. They see it, it, it's, there's just no training. And why? Because historically women never had to ask men for help. You know that? They never had to ask. Men knew their job, make money. And women would pick, okay, what's the best guy I could get who could provide the best for me? Right. And she didn't ask for more. That was it. You just stick with what you got if your relationship worked. If you complained a lot, then you just grew further and further apart. I got to see a mother who never complained. Wow. I in a harmonious house. Okay. This was, my mother was very spiritual and she, uh, her father died when she was very young. Her mother died when she was young. And so she went into a coma and actually had a near death experience and went on the other side and met her father and said, I don't want to come back. And he said, I'll always be with you. So her whole life, she felt her father would always be with her. She also had an estate that took care of her. You know, he was a multimillionaire back in 1920. <laughs> so, so she had a nice trust fund oh. taking care of her. So she really lived in this world of I could have anything I want. And her husband is this wonderful guy. My dad, he, he could support the family on his own. Besides my mother, you know, having her own, I can have, he can have because he, he was, uh, they're both Stanford graduates. He had a good job. And so he was a provider. That's all she cared about was a man who could provide for her. And I, he was the policeman because she had six boys. Okay, now six boys and a daughter, but the six boys could be chaos. And she said, now listen to me or I'll tell your father. And she could do it with a big smile because she knew we would step into line because this is Texas back in those days. If she said, Johnny did this or Tommy did this or Robert did this, come into my room, he'd pull out his belt and he'd whip you. Of course, that, that, yeah. That's what people used to do. This is a yeah. crazy world we lived in house, how completely different a world we live in now totally. where that was just accepted. Of course, you're going to get whipped, you know, in school, they paddle you, they bend over and they get a big stick and bam, this is like crazy. <laughs> insanity, as far as I'm saying, I'm, to me, I saw it was insanity. They did that to me one time. I said, I'm going to sue you. No way will you ever do that to me again. <laughs> I put a big stink about it and everything. Anyway, I have stories about Texas, but having said all that, <laughs> what, what was my <laughs> point there? We're, 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 we're talking your, about asking for help. Your so mom never I, complained. Okay. My, well, my mom never complained, but the point is she yeah. didn't have to ask for help because my father knew what his job was. Right. Men used to have a clear job description. It was have some manners. Don't get angry at your wife ever. Yeah. That used to be a, a, a civilized man. You never get angry at your wife. Mm. If you're angry, you suck it up and go watch TV and cool off. He, ne they never, he never got angry. So she felt safe. Women need to feel safe. This is what mm -hmm. psychology has destroyed relationships from this perspective. We should all express how we feel. No, mm -hmm. you shouldn't express how you feel if your heart's not open. And when a man expresses anger, he can be angry. Then he needs to cool off very quickly. And if he can't, he needs to take time to cool off and come back. Yeah, totally. You can't throw your anger onto a woman. It's a deep, deep fear that women have of abandonment when a man is angry and it shuts down estrogen because you don't feel safe. Anger is not safe coming out of men. My wife can be angry. It just means I might not have sex that night. It's not a big deal. I'm not afraid. My life is not in danger because my monkey brain, which evolved into this human brain, was not threatened by women killing us, but women were killed by men. And so it's a very deep, deep, uh, insecurity inside of women. And we just don't realize the poison we're spewing out at those times, just as women don't know the poison they're spewing out when they complain. 
Yeah. See, complaining is the way a monkey asks for help. So we're talking about how to ask for help. Here's what Bonnie did. Changed my life. I started turning out light. I'm, she's gone now, but I still, every time I see that switch, I turn it out and think of her. It's so sweet. You know, I feel mm. my love for her and she's with me. So I turn out those lights, turn out those, but I started doing that even before. And what it was is instead of coming in and looking at me with these, with these Medusa eyes, you know, you did it again, you know, and, and why there's so much frustration in women because they feel that it's only a little thing. So, and I ask you to do it. Don't you love me enough to do that? And, and the man's point of view, it's only a little thing. What's the big deal? Okay. So yeah. then finally communicated to me. So she came to me and she's, so one time I left the light on, on and she came into the kitchen and uh, she looked at me and she says, oh, John, I just noticed that you left the light on. I turned it off. It's not a big deal. But I know so many times you do turn the light out now, but sometimes you still forget. So if you try to remember, it makes me so happy. And then walked out of the room. Okay, good for her. No eye contact, no looking for I'm sorry, no looking for are you going to change, no looking for all of that, even though she wanted me to change, just not throwing it at me. She just, and she she did the magic, several magic phrases in that, if you dissect it. It's not a big deal. It's a very important thing. And to her, it was a big deal, but she had to say, it's not a big deal because it's not a big deal, but her feelings are a big deal. But we're not talking about her feelings now. We're no. talking about how to solve the problem. Right. Okay, that's the thing. You want to solve problems. This is your male side. You're already on your male side, so use it. So use what men do. And speak his language, which is, I just want you to know you forgot to do that. It's not a big deal. I realize sometimes I get really upset about it. I'm sorry about that. That's even a superpower. If you get upset about something and you say, I'm sorry, I got so upset about it. You know, it triggers something inside of me like you don't love me. And I know you love me. You're the most amazing husband in the world. And I know many times you do turn out the light you do turn out those lights and I really appreciate it. And still sometimes you forget and not such a big deal, but if you, if you remember, it would make me really happy and then walk out of the room. Right. You so see how that is? Now some women are listening, would listen to this and then why do I have to do so much? This is such hard work. It's not hard work to do. You just don't know how to do it. And you don't want to admit that you've been doing it wrong. See, it's I, really hard to change when you think, when you have to look, I've been doing it wrong. And it would also mean, no. oh, it's not his fault. It's my fault. Nobody wants to look at that. We're all freaked out. You know, I can't apologize for anything. You know, it's like everybody's Donald Trump. You know, he can't apologize for anything. You're always right, always right. And ironically, while women hate this guy, <laughs> women do this all the time. They yeah. blame the man. They always blame the man. It's not about blame. It's about what works and what doesn't work. And realize that when there's problems, both sides are involved. Both sides are involved. So what I just said is something new. And it's a way of behaving. Now, some people say, well, what if it is a big deal? And I feel like it is a big deal. He's forgotten so many times and I'm really upset. Then you need to vent your feelings to a girlfriend <laughs> and, and not to him. Come back into balance, lady. You know, this is, it's not a big deal, but I would never say that to my wife. Certainly not. I'm saying as a teacher now, let's just look at the balance. Let's balance. You know, you've got a husband who, who, who works a job, which provides for insurance and cars and education, all these things. And he turns the light out now, but put it in context. Is that a big deal? No, it's not no. a big deal. But the emotional brain is like a monkey. It just feels it's in the moment right there. It goes, you always do this. You never do this. Therefore, you don't love me. 
So it's mm -hmm. some kind of crazy conclusion that we all, we go about, you know, I'm not saying it's just women, men, a, a, a wife is unhappy with him. He goes, well, I just can't make her happy. I might as well get a divorce. Well, yeah. wait a second. Remember the 15 years before you felt that way? She's this wonderful person who one day just lost it and said a bunch of bad stuff. And so it's one day. What do you mean you, you don't feel appreciated? Right now in this moment, I don't. But think about this moment and this moment and this moment and that vacation where she had the best time of her life. Of course, she appreciates you. She's just focusing in that moment and has forgotten all that stuff temporarily. So we, we have this, this brain that's like a child inside and it takes over sometimes. And we have to give room for our partner's brain to take over sometimes. But we're talking about the power here for women to ask for help. They're not taught how to do it. They have no training in how to do it. Culture used to teach us how to do it. And right now, culture is teaching us how to not do it. I mean, culture is so confused right now with this whole gender blindness, gender neutrality, gender confusion. Oh, my gosh. You know, if you're unhappy with yourself, I'll just go be the other sex. You know, that's true. If, if I did it in the 60s, let me give you an example of this whole thing where it started, at least in my experience of life, was back in the 60s. I'm a guy growing up in Texas during the Vietnam War. I don't want to go to war. I don't want to kill people. Yeah. Uh, right? Right? Yeah, a lot of men are really on their male side. I got to go do that. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't think I want to go do that. I don't want to be in the army. I don't want to do it. Have to be happy. I'm gonna I'm gonna demonstrate for peace. Also, I grow my hair out. I became a hippie, got kicked out of school for it. Hippie, that's me growing hair like your hair. That's wow. me growing outside. Look how beautiful I am. Isn't it uh, not cool? You know, I'm a rock star kind of guy, you know, and I had bell-bottom pants, I had boots, you know, and I was into my buckle, you know. This is me being a woman. Men became female. Over and over, more and more men go to female. Now, a lot of men don't go become hippies. What they do to become females, they start drinking more alcohol. See, drinking alcohol actually produces estrogen, the female hormone. Yes. Really? And all addictions that men have, and they're way more prone to addiction, is, is going to your female side. Whenever you're dependent on someone or something other than yourself to be happy, you're on your female side. Wow, that's amazing. very interesting. Amazing, and these are like mm. mind-blowing things. And so men, men go over to their female side and passivity, not having to do anything means not taking a risk. It's, oh, don't you wanna just always feel safe, relax? So men just sit there and then women start doing more and more and more and more, training him to sit there more. You should never mm. get rewarded for doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Go to a job. Imagine I go to a job and they keep paying me the less I do. And this is women's mistake. Stop giving so much to men. You're on your male side. Here's a mind blower. Giving is masculine and receiving is feminine. Yeah. And all unhappy women, in my experience as a counselor for 50 years, they come in and they always say, I'm not getting. I give and I give and I give. I'm so good. I'm so good. I give and give and give. And he's so bad. He doesn't give to me. And I go, wow, you just haven't given him what he really needs. But he you needs receive. a happy woman who's yeah. receiving. Yeah. That's the see receive the art of receiving. What does it mean to be a good receiver? It means you can ask for help. It means if you don't always get it, you're patient and you ask again and you ask again in the same tone of voice. Are you adjust your style? Are you adjust what you're asking for? Because you need to train that person that when they do little things for you, they get big rewards. And what mm -hmm. is the big reward for a man? It's your happiness but you're never gonna be happy with little things. And this is biological as well. We now see that 
if a woman is unhappy, a man can do little things for you and it doesn't make you happy. He can give you 50 roses. It doesn't make you happy. He can give you one rose. It doesn't make you happy. But if you have healthy estrogen levels, he can bring you 50 roses and you'll get a big surge of happiness. He'll make you happier. But here's the amazing thing about women. If she has normal estrogen levels, he can bring you one rose and it has the same reaction as 50 roses. I right. just had, daughter with, had dinner with my grandchildren, with my uh, children, whose grandchildren, you know, my, my, my daughter and her husband and the grandchildren are there. And I'm sitting at the table having this amazing family conversation. For them, COVID is the best thing in the world. <laughs> having so much fun as a family because they know how these relationship skills, there's no conflict. They're all, they do style shows. They do dance shows. They, they put on shows for each other. They, do, they work out skits. They play games. It's so good what they do. Such great communication skills. They don't judge each other. And they're committed to never fighting in front of the children particularly, but resolving those things very quickly. But I'm, I'm sitting there at the table. I forget what I was gonna say about what happened at the table. Oh, anyway. oh I, I darn. What before I went into COVID? Um, woman um, being happy even with one rose. Or... Oh, that was it. So I looked at the table and I was watching my daughter. She's glowing and he's having dinner. And then I saw on the table, there was a little gardenia and a, and a cup. See, that gardenia is as good as 50 gardenias. Totally. You could just see. She it's was the bright. effort that he put into it. Yes, they, yes. Yeah. But see, the key to it is even big effort or little effort. That's yeah. the amazing thing about women. Just when effort. they have normal estrogen levels, that means they're happy. And she's so happy as at this time with her children. And, you know, for her, she's a, a, she puts on, she's a caterer. And now that all stopped but her husband makes enough money so they don't depend on her making money. She does that because she loves it and adds extra income to their life, but he can make enough to get by, they're doing all right. And so she's not catering and she's saying, this is great, I've never been happier. I get to be with my children all day. I get to help them and I get to do things I wanna do. Cause you know, work is work. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's selflessness. When you're a real good worker, you do it for other people. You put yourself on the side which increases testosterone, putting yourself to the side and serving others. Selflessness is masculine. And we got that all backwards. We think, oh, I'm such a selfless woman. I give and give and give. And then you complain, I don't get back. Well, that's because you're doing the wrong side of you. Your power is your happiness and your love. And then a few extra skills to become happier. And so this is what we, we have to recognize those little things I mentioned on how to ask for help. If you go like, oh, it's so hard. Why do I have to do that? That is what it's like to love someone because you're giving him what he needs. And if you and if I was talking to men, I'm talking to you basically, and I assume more women are listening to you than men. But if it's men, he has to practice things as well. He has to learn to not be angry with you, but to learn to show interest and ask questions and do little things for you and compliments, affection, warmth, foreplay, romance, communication, never arguing. He, you see, it takes two people to argue. If he can't keep his cool, then you should stop the argument. You just say, I need to take time to think about this. Recognize you have an adrenaline response. You need to take some time to get rid of that adrenaline. You have to burn it off. Go do push-ups. Go work out in the gym. Go drive your car. Or if you're brilliant, learn to meditate. Meditation is the most powerful way for men to rebuild their testosterone. Hmm. What do you know that? This is like... You see, it's what we men do when women are upset. We say, forget it, right? We always say that as if totally. that's going to help her. She can't <laughs> forget it. She needs to remember it and express it. Then she can let it go and her stress will go down. 
But for men, forget it is the best advice. That's what meditation theoretically is, is you learn to get to a place where you forget all your problems because you're focused on your meditation practice and you hyper-focus on that, you forget everything. And when you can forget your problems, your testosterone levels will increase. They will increase. They will not actually, it doesn't actually increase them. It rebuilds them because you have to use it up. See, this is the problem. If you just sit around and meditate all the time, your testosterone will go down. But if you go out and work hard, then you go meditate, it will rebuild your testosterone. And also you can rebuild by watching a football game or playing a video online, but you do porn, you'll temporarily basically generate some testosterone. But if it's porn, then you, you have sex online, you ejaculate, basically, that's it. Ejaculation is the number one estrogen stimulator and men. Aha. Massive. Okay. It's huge. Estrogen happens. And when he ejaculates, it's also addictive if he's not doing it with someone he loves. So this is, this is all biological things. See, if I actually, if I, when I have, if I ejaculate now in my six, in my almost seventies now, uh, if I ejaculate if my testosterone would go down completely. Uh, I don't, I learned to have sex without ejaculating. That's tantric sex or Taoist sex. I learned all this long time ago how you can enjoy multi-orgasmic if you're a man and, and never ejaculate. See, you can have the orgasms. So what happens then is your testosterone doesn't drop after you have sex. Wow. Every man who has sex, this is what happens biologically. Okay, this is biology studies. A man has sex with his wife on Saturday night. After he has an orgasm and ejaculates, his testosterone goes down 50%. Whoa, high percentage. Now, okay. if he doesn't ejaculate for six days, and he's a young man, he doesn't ejaculate for six days, on the seventh day, his testosterone levels will double. And he will bond once again with his partner, have no interest in other women. You see, when a man bonds with his wife from double the testosterone, what, produ- what gets produced is another hormone called prolactin. And prolactin keeps him from being interested in other women. It also keeps him from being interested in sex. He's got you know, time to do other things. But a guy who basically has sex on Saturday night, his testosterone levels double, and then he happens to be exposed to, to porn, which is like taking cocaine, and he ejaculates, what's gonna happen now is Saturday night comes around and his testosterone levels won't double. So he won't bond with her. He won't produce the prolactin. He actually becomes addicted to the lady online and a new one every time than his wife. This is killing Whoa. relationships. This is killing relationships. This would Nobody maybe, knows this stuff. Yeah, this would maybe be why like men aren't as passionate anymore and they're a little bit more closed off, I would say, in the bedroom sometimes. That's interesting. Well, it's just not, it's, you know, if, if you look, you know, you can watch porn and you can see most of these male porn stars, they're not emotionally into it. They're into themselves. Yeah, totally. They're totally <laughs> into themselves. They, See, a man needs to be into her, into her. He's putting it in her. It needs to be all about her, not about him. That's what he has to get. Now, right away in the beginning, sex is, he's so turned on and she's not. So what he has to do, they start out and he can't help it. It's all about him. Everything, he sees you naked and it's suddenly he's like totally in a different state. You know, I'm Superman. I, this feels so good. He feels alive. So that's okay. As long as you do that until you get close to ejaculation because it's going to be over then your testosterone is rising along with estrogen at that point so it feels really good when you have both hormones going up but then estrogen starts to rise more 
at that point, because it feels so good, you're depending on her body, her mood, her love, her affection, her arousal, whatever it is you're depending on to get excited, feel good. When you're depending on her for your happiness, your estrogen goes too high. And that causes you to say, to feel, if I keep doing what I'm doing now and 10 seconds or one minute, I'm going to ejaculate. So that's step one is you get to that point. Now you can put your ejaculation on the shelf and start over. Don't ejaculate, just start over. And what's interesting is that if a man's all excited, it keeps a woman from getting as excited. Okay. It's like he sucks it all into, it's about him. And now she's trying to please him. But if he just says, okay, now it's all about you. And you start over at that point because she has been on her male side giving what happens when women, when they go to their male side and they give, then, th then they become like men and they go, well, since I gave so much, now I deserve to receive. Totally. So it's a kind of a backwards way for her to get back to her receptiveness. And it's a way for men to get back to their giving side because he's basically said, you know, it's only a minute later and, I, and any minute I can have it in just 30 seconds, I could have an ejaculation. So it's easy to put it on the shelf because prior to a man's ejaculation, and this was Masters and Johnson that saw this in, you know, what is it, last century, is that men go to this arousal stage and then it's plateau. Plateau, it's not addictive. It's basically, you can't make it more at that point. It just stays at a certain level. It's still pleasurable, but it's not more. Right. Naturally, that's actually the time to break off. It's the time to start over. And when you read all these, you know, ancient, I've done all this training, you know, all the positions and the Tantra and the Taoism, they show all these couples are all doing different positions. The reason you do different, one of the reasons you do different positions is the man, when he gets close to ejaculation, he stops, he comes out and now mm -hmm. we're going to change positions. So there's a little break to start over again. And then there's a break to start over again. And there's a break to start over again. And each time there's a building and building of energy of his selflessness becomes more and more until he could care less about all these orgasms he's having because he's one with her and her orgasms, many, many are his. That's mm. the, the victory of this whole thing is <laughs> you just feel like, look what I'm doing for her. You just feel like Superman and she loses her mind. That's what the French call it is the little death, you know, until you, and you don't stop until she goes, I can't take it anymore. And it, right. <laughs> that oh, wonderful? But you know, we're all in such a rush. We don't know how, you know, women, sometimes it's painful or they're not in the mood because they don't have the estrogen. It's never going to be painful if you have plenty of estrogen. And now we have to talk to the women who are menopause and their estrogen levels have gone down. It dries up down there, but not because of the menopause. It's not the menopause. It's natural for the estrogen levels to go down, but that doesn't mean she can't enjoy sex. It means that she has to be very conscious to not let her testosterone go so high. Right. Most women after menopause are doing it. You know, they've already gotten to that point where he won't do it, so I'll do it myself. Right. Anytime I'll do it myself, you're making testosterone or it's, it's up to me, you know, I can't depend on him. I can't trust him. That's always the issue for women typically. So now you're on your testosterone side cause you can do it better. You know, a funny story is I was hired to do a study on men and house housework and house cleaning. And what we found is actually when women make more money than men, men are more willing to do it and they do it more. It's just oh. men have this natural sense of fairness inside in their own world, which right. if he makes more for money for her, more money than her, he will tend to do less of the low paying jobs because he feels like, look what I just did for you. 
Oh my God. That was actually something I wanted to ask you about, because this is a conversation that I've had with a lot of different friends of mine whom are living with partners that do make more than them. And their partners constantly express that the energy exchange is not equal because they're paying significantly more. And of course, money is a form of energy. Right. And so I, I have all, all these friends that feel like, what, what do I do to make it more equal then? So then he feels that I am, you know, equally giving energy. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, for so that? many. So yeah. Many. A whole book on that's a big subject. It's oh, a big, great. big subject. And see, when a man makes more money than a woman already, he feels greater power. Totally. When men feel greater power, their, their testosterone goes up if they feel appreciated by her. Now, if he has his power and he doesn't feel appreciated, then he becomes his estrogen goes up and he's mad and he's, he wants a divorce and he feels like she's unappreciative and she's critical. She complains too much. Why should I bother? I should find somebody that can appreciate what I provide. Right. So that's, so that's a man. Okay. But here's the difference between men and women. Okay. It, if a woman is the one who's providing, well, let, let me, there's so many stories in my head because I said there's a whole book on this. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's look at one dynamic between men and women. We'll build up on it. There's a, several ideas here that build on. So here's a woman, this is back, back in the late 90s where women were starting to make more than men. So this is this woman and she makes more than her husband. And she's complaining to me. She says, you know, I feel like he doesn't appreciate me at all. Okay, mm -hmm. she's very unhappy with him. And, and I said, why are you unhappy with him? And she said, you know, I go to work, I'm burnt out working at work. I provide this lifestyle and I come home and he's so happy. He played golf all day. Right. Imagine, imagine you, you work hard to make money and you're a bit burnt out by his hard, hard day. And you come home and your husband says, oh, honey, I'm so grateful that you're my wife. I got to play video games all today. <laughs> oh, you did? Exactly. Guess what you I did. How, see how mad you are? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, now let's turn it around. I have this experience. I go to work and my work is not always rosy. Okay. Particularly. And when I travel, there's, there, you know, you, you get bad hotels, you get bad promoters, you get bad audiences, you, you get bad media, things happen. You know, you have to be a warrior to do what I do because it's politically incorrect. You know, I used to have people doing demonstrations, you know, I'm in some foreign country and then people come in with signs. I'm a sexist, you know? Oh no. Right. Oh yeah. It, it, it's a challenging job. And I'm not even allowed on universities. The universities, all the feminists will come out with signs calling me a sexist. Oh no. They, they have the security risk to have me go on a university and give a talk. That's crazy. If you read your books, like, you know, that that's not true. That's ridiculous. There's people know. that are uneducated and not actually looking into what they're calling. You know, you can't call well, someone that, well, I guess you can, but like, you can't. <laughs> that one is yeah. one of my daughters went to Berkeley and she was in a social studies and the, and the lady was saying, you know, about men and sexism. And here's the book, Men Are From Mars. She talked <sighs> about my book and my daughter, she didn't know she was my daughter. And my daughter raised her hand and said, have you actually read that book? Because I don't, I know the author and I don't think he would have ever said what you're saying. And then Good she said, I haven't read the book. But see, what I'm saying is that men and women are different. And there's a strong force that trying to say that gender doesn't exist. They literally say at universities that gender is a social construct. It was invented and that mm -hmm. we're all really the same. We are so different mm -hmm. and we have to understand those. And again, we're in a place where we want to say, okay, let's create harmony in the world. Yeah, that's the goal, but you can't create harmony 
if we're if we are different and to say you should be like me because right. that's what they're saying you should be like me totally <laughs> it's that real respect is honoring people's differences and with love and then you realize on a certain level we're all one like we all need love but how it shows up for you is going to be a little different than for me and for everybody it's going to be a little different but when you look at the span of women i know biologically when women are stressed there's a hormonal imbalance which is going on and even if they're beyond menopause, which I was talking about before, because they always feel left out of my conversations. No, it's the same thing. Your estrogen levels just have to be properly balanced with your testosterone. And then you can have sex and enjoy sex and be multi-orgasmic. You have better orgasms as you get older. And I know the proof of that. Not that I've had that with women in their 70s and 80s, but I know my, my friends, my younger friends, they're, they're like, you know, one of my friends, he's 68 and he's with like a 75 year old woman. He tells me all about his sexual prowess. Because, wow. he, you know, she's a wise woman. You see, what, ideally, when you get older, you don't take things so personally. You can choose what you take personally. If somebody compliments, you go, oh, that's great. If somebody does it, who cares? Right. That's, a, that's the balance of your masculine feminine side. But it takes a lifetime to get to that mastery. I'm in that place now where people say stuff about me. I go, okay, go find somebody else. And yeah. It's just kind of, I have nothing to prove to you. I don't want to change you. I don't want to control you. There's no point of that for me. It doesn't cause anything inside of me because I have my male detachment, but at the same time, I care. How can you, I take good stuff personally and I care about the people who love me and the people who don't go find somebody else. I'm not friend to everybody. You know, what, what's the, what's the problem here? You know, I'm not yeah. here to see everybody. Yeah. So, Okay, so back, back to where, where, where are some questions you might have based on where I went with all that? Oh, I was just asking about how can you sort of even out the balance when, um, when say, let's say a male just pays more money for the rent or whatever, and the female, um, you know, can't, just can't at this time. It's the big subject, okay? Yeah. When a woman makes more money already, it makes men lazy. Right. Because he's dependent on her for money. Right. Uh, it's just, it's a disastrous Does thing. it not make that for women as well? Does it make a woman lazy as well on, in the reverse? No, no, no. Oh, my wife was always dependent on me financially. And so she gave to 200 charities. I mean, I, I didn't even know. Wow. I found out all I get is still is the mail from all the charities she gave to. <laughs> well, that's that. where the, the 20,000 a year went. <laughs> More than that. But I never care. I don't even look at the books. She handled the books. I, I made the money. She handled the books. She paid wow. the bills. You know, she was actually a bookkeeper. So she handled it all. And then later I see, and I would have been fine with it, but evidently she wanted to freely have her, her money and she did what she wanted to do with it. And I think that's so important. I want to even create in the future for women who are not financially independent, who are married and they want to have a, a really juicy relationship there's a place where if you actually feel dependent on a man and he's very successful, you can have fears of losing him to a younger woman. And particularly if you don't have great sex skills, if you have great sex skills, you'll never lose him. I'll just throw that in. If, if you're enjoy, if you, you see when a woman has understands sex, then in sex, her estrogen levels double. If her estrogen levels double, then he will produce prolactin and prolactin will keep him from being interested in other women. He bonds with you. Hmm. See, men only lose the bond when she stops having orgasms. And of course, as he's, and, and, and he, she could stop having her orgasms if he just got bad knowledge, meaning 
he just happened, some friend said, hey, did you know you can get free porn online and women are like wanting you? And he said, well, that's interesting. He's like a little teenager guy and it's like candy to him because it produces huge dopamine to see a woman undressed before you and you didn't have to pay her. You know, she's <laughs> there and then she says, you want more here? Give me more. I mean, they do all kinds of stuff in there. And the only reason I know, thank goodness, is I wrote a book on called Staying Focused in a Hyper World. It's all about brain function and ADHD and one of the big causes of ADHD today for boys is porn. You know, you don't know what they're watching. If they've got an iPad, they're seeing porn. It overstimulates the brain massively, which then desensitizes it like a, like a cocaine addiction. Wow. So we have 21 year old men who basically can't get it up with a real woman, but they can do it on porn. It's just like insane what's happening here is we don't, we don't understand how to keep the passion alive. So to finish that Japanese study, just to make the point, so your husband loves you, you have sex, you enjoy it together, regardless of whether you have an orgasm or not, after sex, his testosterone will go down 50%. Mm -hmm. Now, that means he's not gonna be interested in sex unless it goes down too far and somebody's available to him. But if he doesn't ejaculate and he practices monogamy, what will happen is in, during six days of not ejaculating, on the seventh day, it doubles. Now, if he's uh, in his 40s or 50s, it might be nine days or 10 days. He just has to stay away from doing it himself. And women have to stay away from the vibrator. The vibrator also lowers estrogen. Okay? That makes it, sense. It just, it's using, it's doing it yourself. Sex is something you do together with someone where you have to surrender yourself to them. Right. And so half the women in America, according to the statistics I read from these big studies they do, have never had an orgasm. A quarter, yeah. and then the other half, half of them have never had an orgasm with their partner. Yeah, I actually have a lot of friends that I have spoken to that I've never had one with their partner. And that to me is very like, oh, okay, very interesting. That's because they can't trust their partner. They can't open up in the presence of their partner because they haven't experienced asking for help and getting it. That's a theme of our talk today. It's all wow. comes down to asking for help and getting it. So here's how you can bump up your estrogen in one day. And you can do this every day if you're in a relationship. And it's so fun to do. You know, back when you're in a in the beginning of a relationship, it was fun. You know, then relationships lose that funness and attraction and that pleasure that you get. So here we'll build it up. This is, I developed this during COVID because so many people were having problems, even if they had a good relationship. But you know, for a woman, her estrogen is dependent not just on her partner, but on a whole variety of activities during the day where she's dependent on her friends, she's dependent on education, she's dependent on her work, all these things, their children, all these things make her feel good. Well, when you say you can't go out of the house, or you have to wear a mask and you can't interact with people, oh, you just shut down, you know, a huge source of estrogen for her. So I had to figure out how to help this for people. If you're in a relationship, this is what they can do. And what you do is you play this game called genie in a bottle. Now, genie in a bottle is every genius, all powerful Superman, right? The genie has big muscles. He can fly, he can fulfill all your wishes. So the man pretends to be a genie and the woman rubs the bottle and the genie comes out. But this genie says, as many wishes as you want, I will happily do for you during the next 20 minutes. Nothing beyond just during this 20 minutes. And she has to go, I am helpless. I can't do anything for myself. So I'm so glad I have a genie. So you're not allowed to do anything if you're a woman. You have to, act, if you want him to make dinner for you, he has to also feed you. And you have to say, now feed me the broccoli and I cut my steak for me. You know, if you want a foot massage, many women just go right for that. And that's a really good one. 
go upstairs and get my lavender oil and run. He runs and he's playing a game. So he doesn't take it personally. He knows it's just 20 minutes. And what he's doing is immediately responding to your requests. And you get to experience something most women have lost a long time ago. He did that when he was dating you to a great extent. He did lots of little things for you and you were happy about little things. You want him to be like he was in the beginning. You got to be like he was in the beginning. So in the beginning, you might even have to fake it, but just he does it. You'll see very quickly your estrogen levels rise. You just go, oh, well, thank you so much, Jeannie. What else would it? And he says, what else would you like? You know, one of the most romantic movies that many people love is called Princess Bride. Do you know that movie? Of course. Classic. And what, does he, what does he say to her over and over? Oh, um, uh, oh, I forget. Um, as you wish. As you wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he you wish. He's a, he didn't share his feelings. He never expressed all this emotional Venus stuff. He said, as you wish. No resistance, nothing. As oh. you wish. And so she felt totally safe with him. And the king, who had all the money and everything, whatever, not interested in him all, is that here's this humble farmer who wins over the beautiful, beautiful bride. And then finally, by the way, the way that story goes, he did leave her. And why he left her? He needed to make money. He wanted to make money. He was a humble farmer with no ambitions. But as you right. wish, she fell in love with him. He disappeared because he felt, I want to provide more for her. So he went away and became, you know, this very rich, rich guy and also came back to save her. It's wow. That's the archetype of the hero, the man who's willing to give to the woman. But before he could actually continue to give to her, he needed to find his power. And it's an amazing story. I wrote a whole chapter of a book. I never published it. There's so many details of all the players. It's just pure genius, that movie. But the point we're talking wow. about now is as you wish, as you wish. So the genie does that. And you pretend, you know, I pretend like I'm a flight attendant, you know, when you fly first class, they always go, and what would you like, Dr. Gray? And what can I get for you? Push this button anytime you need something. We certainly do it. You'll have your own private bathroom. You can go whenever you want. You can have any drink you like. They, they just pour it on you when it's uh, the Asian airlines, really. They give you your own room practically. So yeah. it, it's so nice. It is to feel someone taking care of you. Although I, the funny thing about it, I'm this guy, all I want is privacy and space. That's it. Right. And, but, but a woman would really relish in all that a man tending to you in that way. You know, it's, it's very sweet. So that's what I have to become is, you know, that flight attendant or a genie who's happy to provide unlimited power for you. And you can't do anything for yourself. And so you ask and you appreciate. And in the beginning, you might suddenly feel all of your grumbles and your resentments because that's your resistance to letting love in. Just keep playing the game. Within five minutes, those hormones go up. The subconscious mind immediately responds to, I asked and I got, I asked and I got. And for him, his subconscious mind goes, I did and I was rewarded. I did and I was rewarded. I did and I was successful. Mm -hmm. This is amazing, fun little game to play, 20 minutes. And here's where the, the rule, the main rule, is women. When he when you ask him to do something, it's not telling him he should always do this. See, let's say you've got this agreeable guy doing whatever you want. And you say, you know, would you uh, clear the dishes from the sink and put them in the dishwasher? He says, I'd be happy to do that. And he has to verbalize it because it's actually growing plasticity. The brain is plastic. This is being repeated over and over. He starts to experience, yes, I clear the sink and she's so happy. As right. opposed to if you cleared the sink and she did it yesterday, it's like, you should do it. I did it yesterday. You see how 
we kill. That's called taking each other for granted. So here mm. you have to grow the neural connections where men learn doing little things makes her happy. It's the most powerful thing there is. And when she learns asking for help is why is how to get what I need. And I can get what I need. I have what I need. So these are like wiring that we have to activate in our brain. It takes repetition over and over, but it changes us. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And it will balance your hormones. Now, you can't say when he's over at the sink doing that. And in and, and the future, always remember to do that. You see how good it feels to do that? See how nice the kitchen is? No, that's not allowed. Nothing outside right. this moment. It's as if you're happy all the time, and but right now you need help and he's gonna provide it for you because you're powerless. You can't do it yourself. And then he will come forth and he will do that for you. Now we were talking about that woman who makes all that money what does she really need? And why is she burning out at her job? First, also, because mm -hmm. she's too far on her male side. Yeah. To realize if she was more on her female side, she'd actually enjoy her job more. Hmm. You know, as part of her goes, I have to do this. He can't do it. It's no longer, I chose to do this and I like doing this. It's, she starts to burn out because she's doing too much on her male side. Then she begins to feel resentment that he's not doing more for her. And what would that be? Uh, often she'll say something, which is the most foolish thing, which is, I just don't feel he appreciates all I do for him. Oh, <laughs> it's, that's not gonna, he could say, oh honey, because the way he would appreciate you, because of you, I get to go shopping today. Because of you, I get to play video games. Because of your money, I can hire a nanny for our children and I don't have to take care of them. I get to do whatever I want. Thank you so much. Because you know, if I came home from work and my wife said that to me, You'd be My day over the moon. moon. I'm over the moon. I'm so happy. I'm not even tired anymore. All that stress is gone away because the purpose of all of it is to make my wife happy. And if she's happy, I'm happy. But if he's happy, doesn't make a woman happy if she's burned out. <laughs> That's right. the reality. So if she makes more money, all right, already got to get, you got to learn as a woman, there's a big awakening here. I'm stressed out because I need help to come back to my female side. Hmm. Appreciation is not what brings you back to your female side. It's feeling I need help. Now, what help do you need? Because you're in your male side. I can do it all myself. You've got to make that transition. It takes willpower and it's going to seem very unauthentic. It's going to feel like not you at all. And what it is, is you have to become vulnerable. And so my books, one by one by one, teach you how to become vulnerable by sharing your emotions, sharing your feelings, crying. Saying to your husband, here's an example of it. Instead of like, I can do everything and I'm mad at my husband, you come home and say, oh, honey, I'm so glad to see you. Fake it in the beginning. I'm so glad to see you. I had such a stressful day today and I just want to vent my feelings so I can feel better. Otherwise, I'm going to just carry this around. Would you do the most amazing thing? And I don't want to burden you and I know it's a burden, but would you just hear what I feel? Just be with me in this. And you don't have to change or do anything because you're the most amazing guy in the world. So you have to set him up to do this. Right. Then, then you now take 10 minutes. It's, not, it's like that little game. That's a game where he can provide for you physical things so you can feel safe to ask. But this is a bigger estrogen producer. If you can do it, it takes a long, lot of practice to get here. And it's talking about your emotions. Okay, today, Sam did the same thing he does every time. They never, they never clear with me. They blame me for this and I have to do everything to fix it. I feel so frustrated. I feel frustrated because I'm doing so much more than everybody else and they're getting equal payment or I'm actually getting less and I am so frustrated. 
this is a disappointing job. And he's going to say, well, then quit that job, honey. You should find something you like. You say, no, 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 you don't need to say anything. Really, I just need the vent. I already know that. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm not asking for your help. I just, I just want to talk. I'm asking for the help to have somebody feel what I feel. Right. You are asking for help, but not a solution. Gotcha. Yes. My solution that I'm looking for is I want to come home and feel that I can share my emotions about my day without someone trying to give me advice or fix me, but just feel what I feel. Really don't say anything. Mm -hmm. And now you process yourself in his presence. And that takes some training. That's why I've written all these big books on it. That's Beyond Mars and Venus called a Venus Talk. One of the book, another book I wrote called Why Mars and Venus Collide really goes into more depth on the Venus talk. Okay. Because women have to learn how to go inside, but it's in it's in there and, and beyond Mars and Venus. That would be the number one book go to right away for women after listening to this. And for men as well, you learn how to help her get to that place. So I, I'm so frustrated, this and this and this and this. And in your mind while you're doing it, you might go, I'm so frustrated with you because you're not helping me at all. No, you don't say that. That's just going to cause defensiveness in him. You stick to what's frustrating to you about your job, what's disappointing inside of you about your job, what your concerns on and your fears. Say, go into that plate until you get to a tear. When you get to a tear, your estrogen levels are balanced. You need to cry. You need to learn how to cry. Oh, interesting. A tear. But the tear should not be about him. I give so much to this life. I thought we we're going to be happy and we're not happy. You, if you go down inside, you feel sad and disappointed. This is not how I thought it would be. I'm afraid it will never make me happy. So those might be the feelings that I, but don't feel that, share that with him right away. You could be thinking that and take those same feelings and say, you know, I, this job, I was so excited to have it. I'm just afraid I'll never be happy at it. It's so hard for me. It's a burden for me. I can't, I think about 10 years from now and I'm still cranking out these hours and burning out. I'm just scared, scared I'll never be happy. I love you so much, honey. I'm just grateful that you're listening to me and you understand. And really, I feel much better now. I'm glad to share my feelings with you. And I just need a big hug. If you could give me a 10 second hug, it feel really good. Hmm. And then run and leave the room. Otherwise, he's going to give you advice on how you should feel better. <laughs> yeah, you got to run away while you while everything's good. <laughs> and you're building your ability to be vulnerable. And then eventually you can share with him your vulnerable feelings. But that's the next step. That's more advanced. So, wow. So that okay. Eating a bottle, coming back to your female side. You're the strong woman. How to come back means come become soft. And then you kind of go, but he's always complaining and whining and whatever, or he's indulging in his addictions, whichever. Doesn't matter. Not about changing him. It's about coming back to your female side will actually bring more masculinity into him. He'll be more present. He'll be more supportive. He'll be more helpful. He'll be in a better mood. He'll have less addictions because you came back to your female side rather than you being addicted to your male side. Totally. Which is totally something that is promoted in society right now. And, and like the whole female boss thing, which is like, awesome. Like, you know, everyone, you know, if that's what your dreams are for sure, but certainly I think there's just a level of people not understanding the imbalance that is happening. So, wow, this has been such an awesome talk. Honestly, I didn't even get to half my questions, but you know what? You kind of answered them in what we were talking about. And this is just such great advice. And I just, I, I, first off, love speaking to you, but also I think your books are just so awesome and I, you're such a blessing to this world. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. So this welcome. has been so wonderful. Welcome. I usually- People can find more information, marsvenus.com. Mars okay. 
And all women who don't know how to ask for support, my daughter, Lauren, is the master of that. And she has a six-week training at marsvenus.com. Go to the academy. It's called How to Get Me Time, which means mm. how to stop giving so much and start giving to yourself, how to ask for help to get your partner to give more to you. So it's an amazing six-week course, and I highly recommend it, particularly for women. Wonderful. I may check that out myself and do that myself. Really good. <laughs> really good. We just get rave reviews. Also, oh. we get rave reviews on our free course, which is called How to Get More in Your Relationships. Everything okay. you want in your relationships. Right at marsvenus.com. It comes right up on the page. It's a free course. It's so good. It has summary statements. It has videos. It has quizzes. It has processes you have to do. And we give you examples of how we do those processes. So you get to have a role model take you through the whole process. It's really, it took a lot of work to do and it's free. Wow. wow that's awesome. Well, I'll definitely check that out. And everyone else listening for sure, you'll have to check that out. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, this has been fabulous. Usually I do pull an angel card for my guests, but you know, we've gone way over time. Um, <laughs> it's been a great conversation though. So I, I hope that you felt like it was worth it. Oh, um, oh, always a pleasure to be with you. Pleasure to be with you. And all those other questions that they come up from people listening, I'm happy to come back and answer them. Oh, that would be wonderful. That'd be wonderful. And you know what? I think we'll, what I'll do when I'm editing this episode, because I did pull a card for you, I will just sort of put the reading in the episode. So if you listen back, then you can hear it. Well, and if anything, I could just go ahead and email it to you. Hey, everyone. So John and I discussed it a little bit more, and we decided to just do the reading live. We took a quick break and then shortly started the reading right afterwards. So we're now going to fast forward to when I began the reading. Enjoy. Okay. So, all right. So I actually pre already pulled a card for you. So the deck that, that I pulled from, I usually, I usually use another deck, but today I was drawn to this one. So I'm just going with it. So this is the Archangel power tarot cards. And so from me just tuning in myself, the card that I pulled, I do feel like it has to do with the business decisions. So we're just going to go with it. So um, the card that I pulled, it is called like hold the microphone and the book at the same time. It's called the night of Michael. Okay. And it's all about, well, it says time to move quickly, choose logic over emotion, sudden changes. Okay. So I'm going to read you the little blurb in. That's so perfect. Great. Awesome. I felt that. I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. So it says time for swift action. It will be necessary to move with great decisiveness and confidence, develop a plan and know exactly how to carry it forward. There is a great deal of activity. This card encourages you to follow your mind over your heart for the results you desire. While you're urged to act quickly, you mustn't act impulsively. And then what's interesting about this deck is that it says situations and then it says people. So under people, it says um, a person who is able to accomplish many things at once. Oh, I lost it. Um, and uh, someone with a brilliant mind and the capacity to solve any intellectual problem, strong, focused, committed, educated. So, so good. You know, what's interesting about that is, I mean, so it must be wonderful to hear how people react to those things, but as a knight of Michael in that situation, mind over emotions, two aspects. One is because I've been grieving so much over the last two years, I have to 
realize it turns it, grieving actually is addictive at a certain point. We've seen mm -hmm. that with MRI scans, intense emotion can be addictive. That's wow. like complaining can be addictive as well. So it basically I'm missing my wife as a part of me that I depend on and need. So that brings up estrogen and also high levels of dopamine. Mm -hmm. And, but th then there's this time where you can go deeply and realize many of these wounded feelings go from your past and you have to process the past as well. Then what you do is you have to keep shifting when you start to engage in too much of the indulgence and the emotions, you have to shift gears to remembering the positive. There's a shift you have to take place. Right. And so it's, it's, that's one aspect of it is my mind over emotions is to realize I can't just be on my estrogen side as I'm grieving the loss of my wife. I need to be on my male side too and go, and I have to process it and move beyond it. And I have to process this, let it come up, move it and then move beyond and be happy. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that's A, but B, uh, since I've been you know in the home all the time, I, I become interested in personal finance and I'm taking all these courses in personal finance, the stock market. Oh, so I understood the stock market, never interested in it because I was traveling around all the time. You have to be pretty much available because you have to act fast and you can't act impulsively. You can't be emotional when you do the stock market. Oh, wow. As, as, as soon as your <laughs> stocks start going down, you go, oh, everybody's going down, you know, but you have to realize, wait a second, wait a second. They're all having, it went up, people start to sell and now people see it going down. So everybody starts to sell and it hits bottom and it just goes right back up. So in many cases, if you've done your research, so you need to know what you're doing and you have to know how to act quickly and go fast. That's a key thing to this. You can't just wait because the stock market's all changing. So you've got to know who you're dealing with, why it's going up, why it's going down, is the company really stable? And this is just an emotional thing of all the other investors or is it being manipulated by the big players or how to react so you don't sell when it's, when it's going down but when it's going up, that's when you buy, okay? Mm. So, and then knowing, you know, having the balance. So just to say the difference between impulsiveness and being analytical and knowledgeable, that's what I need to do. So okay. Wow, very in alignment. That's wonderful. Very much in alignment. Well, you know, actually what I was going to say is there's a female on this horse with a sword and it kind of it like I was going to say that while you're speaking about how you felt that this card was telling you to maybe go back into your logical side and focus on the positives perhaps that is oh it's perfect it's like the impulsive emotional side of us is the the Venus side so but a woman with a sword means that I'm going to my male side Right. And, you know, as just a little tidbit of knowledge here is I'm putting together a book, which I eventually have there, there's, there's about 20 different, um, 20 different online gurus on investing. Okay. And they all have different systems. So I'm studying each one and oh. seeing what's the easiest and what works. And my intention is for women who are dependent on men in order to learn how to trade shares so that they can quickly feel self-sufficient if he was to financially leave her. Wow. You see, today's woman needs to be on her male and female side. And some women are just on their female side and they need mm -hmm. to have the strength to be on their male side. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's so easy. I mean, this is just, uh, well, I've taken a lot of courses now, but to, to make so much money on the stock market, it's insanely easy to do when you know how to do it. It's really easy to do. Yeah. It's a, shockingly easy a child can do it once you understand 
the way you do it safely, safely. And so people say, oh, that's not possible. I've made so much money. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to email you about that one. That's so cool. <laughs> I can't wait, wait till I master it. Okay. One thing wow. is to know how to do it. Another thing is to be able to teach it to others. So it's super, super sensitive, simple, because it's highly complicated and the traders are doing it all the time. And I was motivated because you know, my 401k that I've had is like money in it and never made anything. Okay. Mm. These, these just, it never made hardly anything. And I'm like, how do people make money off these things? And 3% a year, mine didn't even make that when oh. I've already made more money and in, in a few weeks than, than I made with the 10 years, 15 years of my, my 401k. Wow. So, there's so many things people don't know. We're not taught financial education. Most people have no idea no. about the stock market. All they know is you give it to these people who are theoretically experts who are really rich because they know how to, what to do. But, <laughs> but, and also these things that a child can do, actually big multi-billion dollar funds can't do. Because see, oh. if they did what I do, it would be huge swings in the stock market. Oh. See, I can do it. We're the little investors if you know the secrets. And so they don't, so it's a, outrageous. And I, I don't want to say anything more because people go, oh, what is John doing? I want to learn from him. Wait till I have lots of evidence and a beta group and so forth. And then I'll teach what I've learned because there, there's so much that people don't know that. And, and there's some places where you have big gains and it's a big risk. It, it's basically to double your money in a year is what I'm seeing is the system that's working the most. Whoa. 1% every week at 1% every week on your amount you're investing at the end of the year, it will be, it, it will be actually more if you actually put your profits back in and it compounds. And, and this is not hard to do. And just imagine you've got this husband, you know, cause I saw with Bonnie, one of the challenges for her is that she couldn't make the money I make, you know, she was, but she was my partner and I put a big fund for her and her, she had all this money in the bank account, but still there was always, not always, but sometimes this fear, what if John died? You know, I'd have to sell the ranch. I have to sell this because we live a big life. And so whatever your life is, if you're dependent on somebody, you're on your female side. And so you need to balance it with a healthy male side, which is if he's not here, I can take care of myself. Yeah. But I can also depend on him. So, mm -hmm. you know, in our, our marriage is basically she has her own money, but I pay for everything. But she always has her own money. So she doesn't have to do this thing traditional women did where you go and say, honey, can I buy this? Honey, can I buy that? What's my allowance now? Is like, you know, she had more money than me, basically. Because uh, it's all <laughs> in her name. It's all her. Now she died and not came back to me. So but that's why I'm thinking about investing because I never cared about any of that. But because I'm home, I figure, okay, I can educate myself instead yeah. of just letting money sit and do nothing in these 401ks. Uh, it's really, people hardly make anything on those things. And there's way other people are making out like bandits, making out like bandits. And you don't have to spend all day looking at your computer. You set it up to buy at this time, certain options in a certain way, to sell at a certain time. So you can't lose anything. And there's a way to do it. And, mm. and I've got like all these 20 different gurus. I'm studying all their videos and all their ways to do it and testing it all out. And many of them you can make a lot more money with, but you, you uh, have a big risk. And women do not feel risk. See, risk is testosterone production. Right. Effortless. It's really hard for us. That's for sure. Really hard. E yeah. Effortless, easy, no control, just knowing that it's easy to do and you can do it. 
what an amazing thing that you could make 1% on what you have. So, and, and so you're not like going from $5,000 in your savings to huge amount, but every week, you know that you can compound that and build over time because you know you can do it. That's having your male side intact without having to, because uh, you know, a lot of women are dependent on their husbands for a better life if, her hus- if he makes more money. Also women that are burned out doing these jobs that they don't like, well, and they have money and they've made money. Well, while you're doing that job and making all that money, take some and start investing. So you start seeing your investments will support you. So now you can choose a job that expresses your male side without stressing you out, okay? Hmm. Without feeling this huge pressure, I got to, I got to. Because I see that in women. They feel, see, women feel more pressure than men do when you're doing a traditional male job. Totally. And, and it's even been, studies have shown and it's been proven that when women come home from their jobs, they carry the stress home and usually their stress levels double when they get home after mm. being in the workplace. Okay. And for men, it always goes down. Wow. It goes down because we can forget our problems. You can't huh. you carry it around with you all the time. I mean, that makes sense. I, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. for, I can validate yeah. that. No, without, <laughs> yeah. without, without what I just said about making more money to be financially able without a lot of stress, there's the flip side of that. If you are that woman and you're way on your male side and you're making more money and you feel the pressure, it's all up to you. You've got children, you've got to care for them. You've got to make that money. What The reason why your job is burning you out, the primary reason always you're not happy is because your hormones are out of balance. And so learning to share your feelings, learning to ask for help, all the things that we explored to come back to the female side. And there's more. That's why I wrote that whole big book to come back to your female side, you will produce the female hormones to counter the male hormones. Then when you get good at it, even when you're making the male hormones, your body goes, and when I leave work, I'll be able to get my female hormones. Then your female hormones actually are coming up even before you get home. Ah. The anticipation is more powerful than reality. Right, That, that makes sense, yeah. If I anticipate, I'm all excited. Actually, often when we get what we want, we anticipate getting it. And right when we're getting close to it, that's when we really believe we're going to get it. That's the happiest moment is when you get it. After that, we kind of go, and what's next? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh my God. That was my experience with getting my, I I got a Louis Vuitton purse a couple of years ago and right up to it, it was the best. And then after I got it, I went, okay, Chanel, (laughs) is that the next one? (laughs) Anticipation, anticipation. And that's why, why planning a date in advance is very important for men to know. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I say this all the time. Like, oh, it's like, it's the anticipation of the date. It's the planning. It's so exciting waiting for it. And they just don't get it. (laughs) He doesn't know what he does is he says on Friday night, Hey honey, what do you want to do? I'll do anything you want. So he thinks he's being the most wonderful romantic guy in the world. And she's, she needs time to organize herself, to anticipate, to prepare and feel ready to receive. It's like foreplay. You need a week of foreplay for a good romantic date. And so, you, and so how do you do it without expecting a man to be perfect man who knows everything you want a week in advance you say to him look i was reading the newspaper i talked to my friend uh, this thing's coming up here's three things i would love to do next weekend would you pick oh i like that yes brilliant it's a john brilliant. gray idea <laughs> <laughs> of course it is <laughs> it, 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 you're basically giving him the power to take credit for taking you on this date if you say mm-hmm. i want you to take me here and you have a good time, well, you're the one who decided. 
Right. You know, it'd be like if I did some, I do, I plan a vacation. My wife tells everybody how great it was. And she said, well, how'd you find out? How'd you find out this place is, oh, John found it. Huh. But if he found it, I wouldn't be able to take credit. And she says, well, John couldn't find it. I found it. There's nothing romantic about that. Right. It's powerful for her to say. So you basically, you can find what you want, but find something else and something else. So equal happiness with all three things. So he knows for sure. He has the confidence. I can make her happy. I just have to pick. Right. Her job is then to become happier because he did the thing, one of the things that you like. It's, ah. it's amazing the little tricks that we have to help, help us give each other the extra support we need in an intimate mm-hmm. relationship to keep it fresh, to keep us back to how we felt in the beginning. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because I I did that without really understanding the psychology behind that. I, I did that at Christmas last year. I gave him a list of all of many different things that I would equally love. And then he just chose. And you're right. It just the reaction. It was a lot different. And he felt like he made the decision. And yeah, yeah. interesting. And you got what you wanted I without did. having to feel in control. Because while yes. women do tend to control a lot, <laughs> they don't want to control. They want to <laughs> no. feel providing he's providing totally all right wow. but so we have a, a great wow day together okay. i love talking to you this is awesome i just what a great conversation thank you so much for coming back and hopefully we can do this again in the future and i just hope that you have a, a great week and yeah a good rest of your night Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to John Gray. I just think he's fantastic. I learned so much and I hope you did as well. And if you did enjoy this conversation and you would love to share your favorite part, I would love if you would join my Discord channel. I will leave the link to that in the description box below. Or if you are listening on Spotify, it would mean everything to me if you could rate this podcast five stars (laughs) and possibly comment your favorite part of this episode or just comment on your thoughts on the podcast in general. Love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. Sending you so much love, so much light and sunshine vibes. Namaste. Mm -hmm.